0: This message comes to you from BCC, a missional, vibrant and life-bringing church in the heart of our community. For more information, go to bccweb.com. So Lord God we thank you this morning for this time of year we thank you that this is an incredible reminder to us of Jesus birth on this earth we thank you that we have got every one of us have got an equal opportunity to believe and Lord your word says that whosoever come should come and we pray this morning God that you would Uh, not only minister to us this morning but minister to others through us through your word we pray in Jesus name amen so we've been looking at believe now this is week two week two of believe last week we looked at Exodus 4 we looked at uh, Moses and we looked at how he resisted God's very presence and God's speaking to him before we start, I just want to read out a couple of things that I read recently. Apparently, these are true uh, notes written by children to God. One, one child wrote, dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't we just keep the ones you've got now? <laughs> That's from a young lady called Jane. There's some logic in that. Uh, dear God, I think about you sometimes, even when I'm not praying, Elliot. <laughs> And then, dear God, uh, I thank you for my new baby brother, but what I really prayed for was a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce. Uh, as, as you can tell from those little um, real notes made by children, that, uh, th- that people's beliefs can be formed and shaped and, and have to develop over time. So that's why we're looking at this topic of belief, because um, people come in and they presume they understand who God is, They presume they understand what Christianity is. They presume so much. People in society presume so much. They presume Christianity is dead. They presume Christianity is irrelevant. They presume Christianity is a crutch. It's not. None of these things are true. The truth truth is that God so loved the world he gave his son to us. And we are studying this now for week two. Um, We are looking at the book of Exodus again this morning, but it's quite interesting. I hadn't really clicked until someone said to me last week, do you realise there's a new film coming out called Exodus uh, Gods and Kings by uh, director Ridley Scott, the guy who made The Gladiator, and that is one of my all-time favourite films. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this film, Exodus, that comes out on Boxing Day here in the UK. Uh, I think the lead role is Christian Bale and a number of other famous, famous stars are in the film. It's going to be an epic and I'd encourage you to see it. I'm sure, as Hollywood always do these things, they've sort of changed the narrative here and there, but I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. But it's very interesting timing, all about believing. All about believing. In fact, I saw the clip, the trailer to, or one of the trailers to the new film that's coming out, and Moses stands up before the people and he says, if you stay, you will perish. Follow me, you will be free. That's just as they're crossing the the Red Sea. And it's an extraordinary thing. I, I love it the way they get the timing in that. You will be free if you follow me. And belief comes down to practicalities. Belief comes down to making decisions. Belief comes down to living what is true. Belief is how you actually put into practice the things you think about. Otherwise, it's not really belief. It's just theory. And there's plenty of people with theories. Plenty of people with theories. Uh, someone famously once said, uh, Believing right always produces right living. When you believe right, you live right. What is right? There's a philosophical question. But believing is important, but believing without action is not a good place to be in. So, what are you believing for this morning? What, if I asked you, what is it you're believing for now? What is, what is it the, that you believe? You want to see change now. What is it you believe can change? What is it you're believing God for? What is it you would love to ask? Supposing maybe you don't know God this morning, maybe maybe you have no real relationship with Him, and you would love to ask Him one or two questions. What would they be? What would those questions be? The title for this morning's preach is uh, "Believing for a Change." Believing for a change, because I believe that change is inevitable whether we like it or not, but we can believe for changes that are above and beyond the changes that are imposed on us in life. I believe our calling as believers who follow Jesus is that we can live and reign with him. We can live at another level. Let's read Exodus 4 this morning. I'm going to pick it up. Remember that verse 13 from last week where it says that Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else but me. We're going to pick up that verse and just take a few verses forward from there and then we'll step through. So this, uh, Exodus 4:13 to 17. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else except me. Then the Lord <laughs> became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother? Aaron the Levite, I know he speaks well and look, he's on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. I've got to say, when I read that, I kept thinking, is there a touch of irony in (laughs) there? He will be, you know, do you think Aaron was really going to be delighted to see Moses? He's having a a head-on confrontation with God and Aaron's on his way into the conversation. He will be delighted to see you. Um, It's extraordinary. Um, Verse 15, talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. These of course are the people in Egypt. Uh, he will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to do. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I've shown you. This is of course the story, the piece of history that relates to God sending Moses back to Egypt to speak to Pharaoh and see the whole nation of Israel released in fact it really is the formation point of a nation this isn't just a group of people this is 600,000 men and probably another 600,000 women and probably a good few hundred thousand children so you're talking about a great deal of people so my first point then is to believe recognizes that God hears to believe recognises that God hears. D- did God, just, just for no obvious reason, decide to send Moses back to Egypt? No, he didn't. There was a reason God sent Moses back. It says in Exodus 3, verse 7, just a previous chapter, it says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware... their suffering. I want to say to you today that God is fully aware of who you are, where you are and what you're going through right now. You may be having a fantastic time in life but you may also be struggling. God is aware of your suffering. He's aware of your challenges. He's aware of your situation and at the right time God will do something about it. So often we demand that God do something now in our time. Now at our moment of demand God chooses when he will do what he will do. But God also has to bring other things into place. Look at Moses. He had to bring a man from outside of the Israelites back into Egypt, a man who didn't want to go, who was intimidated, who was feeling low, who was not strong in himself, who was not uh, courageous. He was a timid man who felt he couldn't speak, yet God had to bring him back into the frame. God will sometimes bring the most unlikely people into your world and indeed probably will. But he has to bring those people in at the right time to get the right things done. And maybe you're one of those people that God wants to take into somebody else's world. And you know, you look at yourself and you say, well, God, you don't, you don't act when I pray. You don't respond. I don't hear. Well, maybe it's because he's waiting for somebody else to actually do what he's told them to do to come into your life to support you and walk on your journey. But then again, maybe he's asked you to do it maybe he's waiting for you to respond and get active and to support a need and to be part of an instrumental in the change of somebody else who knows so often we we say well god i want you to prove to me that you're real but actually we're not prepared sometimes to to realize god's actually waiting for us to respond so that he can move us into places where he can show to others and somebody in particular that he's actually working with them i remember my sister sue many years ago just remember that just a flash of a moment she used to work in London lived here in Bromley and she used to regularly take the train as many of you do from Bromley South she took a train one day and she was walking um, across the concourse at Victoria and she saw a lady in the crowd and she just felt God spoke to her go tell that person I love them go tell that person I know about them go tell that person it's all happened in a moment in a busy Rush hour situation, and she did. She went up to the woman, tapped her on the back. She turned around. She said, "I just need to tell you that this may sound weird, but God just wants you to know that He loves you." And she bursts into tears on the platform. How is that possible? Well, because God's heard her cry. But then, if my sister hadn't responded, who else would have been the person to be obedient at that point, the right timing? So that's why God is calling us to believe. He's calling us to believe who hears God well God is hearing what we can't hear Moses didn't hear the cry of the people why because Moses was looking after sheep Moses was doing his own thing Moses was having a pity party Moses was feeling sorry for himself Moses was living in a world of his own creation Moses was far from God really but God stepped in and said Moses now you got to do what you need to do C.S. Lewis said I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen not only because I see it but because by it, I see everything else. Do you get that? I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. When we see that God is involved in a much bigger um, scenario than we're in, then we realise we are as important to what he is doing as it is that we see that he is working in our world. It's so important. You know, when we went to Macedonia, we hadn't seen the DVD this morning, but God opened this opportunity in the school for, to, to minister into the families of 350 children. That's a magnitude of about five to ten times what we were previously involved in up to Easter this year. All of a sudden the magnitude has increased. But what's even more extraordinary is I had a, an email just a couple of weeks ago, a week, in fact this last week, from Jordan. Jordan and Vesna, we support them as a church. Many of you in the church um, support them on a monthly basis. In fact, we are supporting that missionary couple in Tetovo. They're Macedonians, ethnic Macedo- Macedonians. And they're working in Tetovo. And the only way they can survive is, is the support they receive from really two, two, two or three locations. And we are one of their principal supporters. And if you would like to regularly support them, let us know. Because they need to top up their income simply because they're having another baby right now. They're going from one child to two and they're in this tiny little flat in Tetovo. So if you feel that you would like to just, even £5 a month or £10 a month, it could make a huge difference to your investment. But listen to what's happened since we were there in September. Not only has the school opened up for us to, to, to actually actively use as a platform going into the town next summer, God has drawn two other churches to be involved with us in what's going on out there. Two other churches. They've asked if we'll go and speak at one church at the end of January uh, to go and tell them to, to draw a team out of that church to go with us. They've also, another church, a guy I met just recently in Ethiopia, who leads a church up in the north of England, he's decided that they will take full responsibility for the support of another missionary couple who are going to be working down near, near the lake of Okrid, which is a full Muslim community so God is drawing, see God is working on a much bigger picture sometimes than we see he's working on pulling all these things together and in God's times things will happen it's you know as as C.S. Lewis said I believe in Christianity, I believe that the sun has risen not only because I see it but because by it I see everything else and it's when we don't see everything else that we become myopic and self-focused and get stuck in our problems and God just says Look at it differently. See that I'm handling multiple situations. For multi- God is dealing on, uh, on a mission to release 600,000 men, 600,000 women, and two or three or maybe 400, or who knows, maybe 600,000 children. That's 1.8 million people he's going to see released from captivity. And what's God doing with us in Macedonia? Something not dissimilar, just on a smaller scale. Just on a smaller scale. And I found out just this last week, Jordan said to me, do you realise what's happened? The opportunity has come along for us to give away 350 shoeboxes of relief, donations and gifts to the community. We want to do it through Fanoli School. 350 you know we talked about the Christmas giveaway and giving away hundreds of shoeboxes or boxes we've done that every year for years but felt we weren't making proper connection in the last few years and this year we reduced it deliberately so we could start to create connection with the people intentionally and what's God done? He's given us access to the giveaway in Tetovo or in, in the Fanndoli School. 350 boxes going out at the end of January and you know what they've asked if we'll go over there and be part of the process. <laughs> Can you believe it? You can't outgive God, I'm telling you. You can't outgive him. You can't outgive him. And since we were out there with Jordan, Jordan started working with Teen Challenge all over again. And what's he been doing? He's been going he's been invited into universities and colleges to teach people about the dangers of drugs and bring the Christian message in. This has all happened because we've been going out there and we're linking. So we never know quite how far God's going to go. So that first point to believe recognizes that God Hears, You know there are Muslims in those communities and I'm only using them as an example. It may be your native uh, country or where you've come from. There are people in this room from India and parts of Africa and parts of the Middle East and, and Eastern Europe and you're praying for people God will bring people in but we've got to be willing to be mobile if we feel like no no it's about me I've got to you know until I get my answer I'm not going to do anything that's not how God works God says get on with it even though you don't feel like it get on with doing what I need you to do because I'm hearing the cry of other people and you are my mechanism to change the lives of other people and we today there's Loads of us in this meeting this morning. We are God's mechanism to hear the cry and respond for God into people's situations. And we've got to look outside of ourselves. We've got to be out looking. When we believe, we recognize that God hears. He's not only hearing us, he's hearing everybody else. God is working a plan to minister to people. My second point, when we believe, we release God's hand. God chooses to work through us. God can do anything he wants, a bit like the children I read out on, on, at the beginning of the service. They expect God to do whatever God wants, but God can do anything he wants, but he reverts to working through his people. God chooses to work through us. Why? Because he wants to influence us. He wants to help us to see that our faith is grounded in truth and things that are right. And when we understand that, we become influencers for him. So we influence humanity. He doesn't want us to do what we're told to do so that he can control us. He wants to influence us. He wants to change the way we think. So Exodus 4, 29 to 31, just four verses. Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt. Now they're getting it. The pair of them are working together. Now Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses and Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. When they heard that the Lord was was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. They bowed down and worshipped that 's the opportunity we 've got. We are people who know how to hear God. we 're people who have a relationship with God. we 're people who have an active prayer life, We're people who are, are willing to take steps of faith. You are generous people. you are faithful people. You are people that God has equipped and empowered. God is going to use you he 's going to use me. To be a Moses and an Aaron to our community, he's going to use us. He's going to. But we've got to see that God will do that. And as he does, he will take what's in your hand and he will do miracles with what you have. Not with what you don't have, but what you have. What you've got are the things that God will do miracles with. It's what you've got. You may be limited in some areas. Moses was clearly limited. He was limited in his self-esteem. He was limited in his capacity as an individual. He was limited in his own self-belief. But he was still capable, and God gave him everything he needed. God wants us to be part of his adventure. God wants us to be part of his adventure. His adventure. He wants us to not only give our serving and our finances, He wants us to step forward by faith and see healing and miracles. He wants us to see emotional change in people's lives. He wants us to see practical change. And we're the ones who know him. We're the ones who can pray. We're the ones who believe that prayer works. That's why we pray every single week as a church. That's why many of you come down each week to pray. Why? Because even though you can't see where those prayers are going, you know by faith and you believe by faith that even though everything may scream out to you, you're wasting your time. You know that you rest on your belief. And it's, I want to commend those who come and pray regularly, those who, who come down to the church, who, who meet with each other, and we together pray. Why do we do that? Because we believe that God answers prayer. Exodus 5, 1 and 2. After this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. Next stop. Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at that point, they told him, "This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says: Let my people go, so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness." Is that so? Retorted Pharaoh. And who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who is the Lord. I don't know. I don't know who is the Lord. That's a question so many people around us are asking. Who is the Lord? I don't know. I believe there's a God. I've got an opinion about God. We know who God is. We know that Jesus is God. We know that was a brilliant song this morning, the creed, during, during the offering time. What a great song. I believe God, three in one. We know who God is and we know that God is wanting to work through us. And of course... The whole series of confrontations started with Pharaoh. The miracles, the plagues, and you can read it. There's about eight chapters worth of that stuff. And we haven't got time this morning to read it. But 1 Corinthians 1, 21 says, Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. To save those who believe. God in his wisdom saw that the world would never know him through human wisdom. You can't reason God. You can't logically come to a conclusion that God is is the answer. You've got to move by faith. You've got to. You've got to be able to believe. At some point, you're going to have to cross from some knowledge to greater belief. You're going to have to cross that. And that applies not only to salvation. That first decision, it applies every single day. It applies every single moment of every day. Crossing that threshold of what you know is fact into the kingdom of God realm of belief and that could be anything that could be anything God could do anything and I believe God speaks moment by moment it's not just once a lifetime it's not once a year it's moment by moment by moment when was the last time God spoke to you when was the last time you remember what God said to you if you can't remember I would encourage you to get close to him get close to him like we had in the worship this morning But can I believe God for a change in my life? Can I believe God for a change in my future? Can I believe God for a change in my health, for my work, for my relationships, for the people I influence, can I change God? Well, I'm going to give you just a few principles of change this morning that will help if if you want to see God change things in your life. The first one is you need to challenge yourself. I know it sounds like, oh, straight back on me, but we have to challenge ourselves. We have to. When I go spinning or to the gym or do exercises, I love it. The fact there's someone there who's the instructor. I love it. I like listening to the instructor and she says, faster, okay, stand up. You know, you need the instructor. And this morning when we look at this, we have to realise that we have to challenge ourselves. So the first point is challenging ourselves. Stop seeing your limitations and look to God. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 in the message. I love it when it says it this way. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 in the message. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along talking, uh, taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus uh, Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. The Bible says this. This isn't me, I'm, this is what the Bible says. This is, I love it. It's so simple. It's so straightforward. So if we want to believe for a change in our life, the first thing is that we should challenge ourselves. We challenge ourselves. I challenge myself. What is it that needs to change about my approach to what God is wanting to do in my life? The second element of this is to cooperate with God. So we challenge ourselves and then we cooperate with God. Decide to listen to him. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, in the message it says, Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, it says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Listen for his voice in everything. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. (laughs) Run to God, run from evil. Yet again, I love the message. These are brilliant verses. It's, It's sort of simple super simple, but super to the point. I love it. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Third thing, create trusted friendships. Create trusted friendships. If you want to believe God for changing your life, don't do it on your own. Create trusted friendships. Now, this is so important. Who you make your friendships with will, will navigate your future. I'm telling you, if nothing else, this is one of the most important elements here. If you, if you draw alongside someone who's going to fill you with doubt, it won't take very long before your mind is doubting all sorts of things. As soon as you draw alongside someone who criticizes something about your life, that you come to church, that you come to this church, that you that you haven't got a great job. As soon as you draw alongside someone who begins to criticize you before long you'll be on a downer, before long you'll be changing your course. It's just the way it works in life. Uh, create trusted relationships and walk journeys together. That's why in church life it's so important to build one another up. We draw together in life groups, we draw together in task groups we draw together why because we're building one another up and it's not accidental it's intentional these things are not accidental if you want to see and trust God believe God for a change in your life create trusted friendships ones where you can communicate about what God is saying where you can pray together where you can actively build each other's faith it may be two people it may be three people but if you create that space Colossians 4 verse 7 a verse completely random (laughs) Tychicus Tychicus is referenced a number of times by Paul in the New Testament and you'll probably think I've never heard of him Tychicus, he came from Ephesus Ephesus in modern Turkey Tychicus will give you a full report about how I'm getting along he's a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work do you think the Apostle Paul could have done what he did on his own He couldn't. He had people like Tychicus. When you go to heaven one day, you'll meet Tychicus. And Tychicus will tell you about all the things Paul and him did together. When you meet Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, when you meet him, he'll tell you all the things he journeyed with Paul on, the shipwrecks. They did it together. They did it together. The relationship, it was synergy. They worked together. They checked and tested one another. I'm reading a brilliant book called Iron Sharpens Iron at the moment about how we are called to sharpen one another. If we don't sharpen one another, chances are you're blunting one another. If we don't sharpen each other, we'll be blunting one another. It's inevitable. And if you have no one to sharpen you, you'll get blunt anyway. You know, how sharp can a sword be? Well, it's as sharp as it's sharpened. (laughs) But if you don't sharpen it, but you know what? The Bible talks about us sharpening one another. So Tychicus, a beloved brother and helpful worker, faithful worker, helper, um, served with me in the Lord's work. That's how Paul was able to do what he did, because he had people like Tychicus. You know, Timothy was running the church in Ephesus, and Tychicus and Timothy were trading places from time to time so that Paul could get things done. It's incredible. And when Paul was in prison in Rome, Tychicus was there. It's just extraordinary. So we have to walk in these kind of relationships. Belief puts us in God's plan And God already knows what these relationships need to be. Did you know that God had already told Aaron to go and join Moses on the mountain? Did you know that? you probably don't remember it because you may not have read the scripture but if you were to read exodus 4 verse 27 you'll know that god had already spoken to aaron so even though that was that, that touch of irony when when god is speaking to moses and it says he got angry he already knew that moses was going to say i can't do this he already knew he'd already arranged for aaron to meet them and in fact i don't know if you've got um, exodus 4:27 there just pop it up and have a look it's, it's in part of the verse now the Lord had said to Aaron, go out into the wilderness to meet Moses. So, Moses. so Aaron went out and met Moses at the mountain of God and he embraced him. It's extraordinary. This is before God says he'd already told Aaron to do this. So God had already lined up. So God is lining up relationships for us to walk in so that we can be sharper and walk together. It says in Proverbs twelve twenty six, the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray the godly give good advice to friends but wicked lead them astray how can I believe God for a change in my life? clear away doubts clear away doubts, so we talked about challenging yourself cooperating with God creating trusted relationships now fourthly clear away doubts clear away doubts, speak at them there's no harm in speaking at the things you doubt speak at them, say I'm not going to doubt anymore, I'm going to believe you speak at the stuff you speak at it why because when you start to speak you're not going nuts by the way but when you speak at things you decide the route you're going to take otherwise things will speak at you John uh, 20 27 says he said to Thomas put your finger here and look at my hands put your hand into the wound in my side don't be faithless any longer believe so Jesus was helping doubting Thomas to believe how by physically touching him by encountering, by touching the risen Jesus Christ, by proving to him that he was real. God wants us to clear away doubts. Jesus will give us a way of clearing doubts away. Speak at the things that create doubt. And then if you're going to believe for a change in your life, create and concentrate on the future, not the past. Concentrate on the future, not the past. Concentrate on it. There are so many things that have happened in the past that have got every ability to pull you down. There's so much there's so much you only have to live a year or two before you realise that you create enough damage for somebody else to know that that damage is going to come and haunt you if you let it you've got to move forward you've got to make decisions and move forward we, we have, not you, we have got to make those decisions concentrate on the future not the past Hebrews eleven twenty six 26 in the message says by an act of faith, faith Isaac reached into the future as he blessed Jacob and Esau I love this, let's hold that verse up there by an act of faith, Isaac reached into the future as he blessed Jacob and Esau. Can you see what it's saying? He reached into the future. As we think about what's going to happen, we we draw from the future into our present. We are pulling from the future into our present. If we live in the past, we're never drawing from the future. This is what belief does. It draws from the future. Isaac reached into the future as he blessed Jacob and Esau. The ESV, which is a very tight translation, says um, he invoked future blessings. What is the, word? the word invoked is a kind of strong word. It kind of suggests incantations. I- evoking or invoking says that you are speaking into reality something that's going to happen. You are in, you're drawing it in invoking is you're pulling it in see God's already planned stuff for our futures he's just saying draw it in to your today draw it in you don't know what I'm going to do but your future is there already because I can see it God who can see everything like the sun He can see it all. He's saying, draw your future in. How do we do it? We bless those around us. We bless those who are dependent on us. We speak blessing into their life. We speak over them with positive statements of what God is going to do. That's how you do it. So how can I believe for a change in my life? Change yourself. Stop seeing your own limitations. Cooperate with God. Create trusted relationships. Clear away doubts and concentrate on the future not the present, sorry, not the past, concentrate on the future and bring into the present what God is doing. Winston Churchill said this, it's always wise to look ahead but difficult to look further than you can see. It's true. It's very difficult to look further than you can see but it's very wise to look ahead. It's wise to look ahead. It's wise to look ahead. My final point, and with this I'm going to close, to believe will restore hope. When you believe it will restore hope belief will restore hope and it will give you great courage and of course you know the story when moses called all the elders this is exodus twelve twenty-one to 23 when moses called all the elders of the of israel together and said to them go pick a lamb or young goat for each of your families and slaughter the passover animal drain the blood into a basin and take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood brush the hip hip hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses and no one may go out through the door until morning for the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians but when he sees the blood on the top and sides of the door frame the Lord will pass over your home he will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. That speaks of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ it's by his blood that we are set free that expression Under the blood relates to this picture that Moses was instrumental in creating in Egypt. And what did God do? He judged the Israelites and he judged the Egyptians, but the Israelites were set free and the Egyptians were condemned. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Adam, just join me this morning. We're going to pray. To believe recognizes that God hears. To believe releases God's hand. To believe restores your hope and gives courage. Let's stand this morning. We have got the most exciting opportunity ahead of us to believe. To believe, if we choose to believe, just like the creed said in the song uh, uh, during the offering, if we choose to believe and reach into the future, God will bring to our present what he is preparing for the future. I believe it. I believe it. If you know that you want to see a change in your future, raise your hand now. If you know there's a change, we're going to pray. This is what we're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray that God will draw from the future into our present the things that need to change. That he'll give us revelation of that and that he will work powerfully in our lives through each other and by his strength that he would make these changes. So Lord God, all these people, Lord, myself included, Lord, we know we want to see change. God, we are believing you for a change. Lord, strengthen our unbelief at times. God, just like Thomas, he said he he lacked faith. And Jesus, you said, stick your hands in my hand. Put your hand in my side. I pray this morning, God, that you would incredibly strengthen the belief of the people in this room lord that as we believe for a change god reveal those things that we will draw into our present from the future god we pray that you will reveal to us the very things that god you are going to work on in our lives help us to be the ones who are your vehicles for change in other people's situations we pray Thank you, Lord God, that you trust us. Thank you, Lord God, that you're working with us. Lord, we thank you that you have got a plan and a purpose to work with us and to change our lives. And this morning, God, we submit ourselves fully to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.